There's two precious little children that desperately need our prayers tonight. So what I want to do, I want to invite you to the altar right now. Let's come together, as many as wants to. You remember this morning I called a little Peyton Bird who's facing surgery on Wednesday for a mass that they have found in her neck. Brother Danny, would you come on up? I think we just need to pray, first of all, that God's will be done, okay? Uh, God sent these babies in this world. Uh, The devil's not happy with little babies. And so we just need to pray that God's will be done, that this mass come Wednesday when they begin to get ready for the surgery, they won't be. Also, little Ella Vinson, who's fighting for her life. We need to pray for her. So if you would, just uh, as we kneel together or sit together, join hands with someone. And Brother Danny, you come and pray for these precious little children. Let's pray. Dear most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to come to your house this evening, Lord. And uh, Heavenly Father, we, we don't celebrate, but we honor what this weekend is. Uh, we uh, give you the praise, the honor, and glory, Lord, for the men and women who've served our country and have uh, been lost in, in battle. And we lift their families up to you today, Lord, and I'm sure many families uh, have this time where they mourn. And uh, we just ask that your loving, guiding hand be upon them. Again, we do thank you for each and every family that's here this evening, and we we, uh, we give praise and honor and glory for you that they have the love in their heart, Lord, to come to your house to worship you instead of using uh, this weekend as an excuse to celebrate and uh, be in other places other than your house. Dear Heavenly Father, we gather together as well as a church family, uh, believing in you, Lord, believing in your promises that you, uh, you've assured us where two or more are gathered in your name, you will be there as well, Lord. And for that very reason, we come before you to lift two precious children up to you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I know that you know what's going on in the lives of these children as well as their families and their parents. Their parents need comforting. Uh, The doctors need uh, your insight. These little children, Lord, are, are precious to us and I know their children are precious to you, Lord. Uh, We lift little Ella up to you. Heavenly Father, she's battled for quite some time, and no doubt she's weak, but Heavenly Father, we we trust in you. We know that uh, we serve you, a God who uh, is capable of all things. It's all in your control, and that's why we come to you. There's nowhere else to turn, Lord, but to you. Heavenly Father, we also lift... uh, a uh, little Brittany up to you. Brittany, uh, uh, the parents of Brittany and Chris, uh, they, they no doubt are having a, a time as, as well. Um, we know that you knew what was going on with her before we did. And we also know that you're able to heal this young child as, as well as uh, you're able to, to heal anyone. And we ask, Lord, if it can be your will, we want you to have the honor and glory in everything. So we lift, we lift her, this child up to you as well, and trusting and knowing, Lord, that uh, you hear our prayers. 
and we believe and trust in your promises and we know that you will uh, you will not fail us although we failed you many times we just ask that you would again be with the doctors be with the families and be with the children let their be felt love in their little hearts, Lord. Let them know that you uh, are there with them as well. We ask that you again bless this time we are together. I pray, Lord, that uh, the word is we're about to hear tonight would be uh, the word that we need to hear, that you want us to hear and carry with us, Lord. These things we ask in Christ's name, Amen. Both with you tonight. I'd love for you to turn with me to. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 8. If you feel like standing and you'd like to in honor of the reading of God's Word, I'll wait till you get there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I love to hear the pages turning, so just keep going till you get there. Paul is speaking to Timothy right before he's ready to check out. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearance of his king and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers, <coughs> excuse me, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And here's what Paul says, for I myself, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And because I have, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them who love his appearing. Father, bless this, the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts, God. We need a word from you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Paul knew the time was running out. And Paul had lived a good life. As he looked back, many times he said, Rejoice! In other words, be happy with the life you've had, okay? And sometimes we look back at people and say, Well, I don't see how that all that could be good. Because Lynn and I, we have known many families through uh, the serving the Lord since 1976. We have met and seen and heard a lot of families. And we have seen some families, truly, that have never done anything except wait on the sick. Wait on the sick. All the way up to the point of their dying themselves. And I'm thinking sometime, you know, was that a good life? Well, they served. They served. And that's what, that's what living for the Lord is. Whether you're serving your family or someone else's family, serving the Lord is important. It, important. Paul had done that, uh, and, and he had real joy in, in good living. Um, you know, he had done what God said to do, and that's the main bottom line. If we're doing what God says to do, 
I mean, it's not always easy, but it is rewarding. It may not come until the end, uh, but it will come. He'd lived a good life, and he knew that his departure time was very near. And so he simply said, hey, man, I have done the best I can, and now I am ready. Because God's told me that there is a crown waiting on me, and he couldn't wait to get it. So, living a good life. I thought, I asked the question, what is a good life? Well, an enjoyable job. Some people dread Monday. Well, most people off tomorrow, so don't dread Monday. <laughs> I tell some little children on um, Friday, I said, don't wake up sick in the morning now because you don't have school tomorrow. So don't you guys wake up feeling bad and call in sick because you don't have to work tomorrow. Enjoy your day. A day to remember. As Brother Ray's pointed out, those who have paid the ultimate price that we can be right here tonight. So, what's a good life? Enjoyable, an enjoyable job, early retirement, four-day work week. Rusty'd like to have that. I know he would. He's, he's, he's chomping at it hard as he can go. Uh, hey, a, a good mate, good children, good friends. Well, let me tell you, to me, all this begins and ends with our involvement of Jesus Christ. If he's not a part of your life, hey, we can't handle this life's troubles, trials, and tribulations that comes our way. And the Bible says we will have them. I don't know of anybody that has avoided troubles, trials, and tribulation. Even the loss that, that I've known through the years. They have had their troubles also. They have their trials. They have their temptations. But the thing about it, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it. Many in their life because they don't know how to handle it. Be involved in the life of Jesus because God so loved the world. Now, he, he didn't exclude anybody in, in John 3, 16. No one was excluded when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave free and clear his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And John 10, I mean, excuse me, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we can be saved. For with the mouth confession is made, and with the heart we believe it unto righteousness and salvation of God. You know, it's amazing that God's already paved the way through Jesus Christ. And so many times we try to do something to earn it. We cannot earn it. It's a free gift. Good life involves a vital church. Hey, I'm so thankful to be a part of a teaching, preaching, singing the gospel church. Many, many folk don't meet on Sunday night. Somebody said Sunday night services and Wednesday night services was invented to kill the preacher. Well, so let it be. You know, hey, I'm ready. You know, it's not a chore, Okay. It's not hard, okay? Oh, I get tired and say, well, you preached twice today. So what? I've been running my mouth before I could talk. I mean, crying, you know, just crying. I wish I had the little red 
little radio flyer wagon that my daddy said he put me in and rolled me back and forth with me just a hollering and a screaming. I don't know where I was upset. I don't know whether I was hungry or wanting out the wagon or wanting somebody just to be still, you know. I don't recall all of that, but he just tells me that. But again, good life involves, listen, not, not only involved in, in our life with Jesus and involved in a good vital church, but it also involves separation, listen, from the world's ways. It's so easy to go with the world's ways. I mean, they, the world makes it easy for us to become a part of what the world is doing. And first thing you know, the world will take us further than we intended on going. And the world will cause us to spend more than we had. I mean, it's almost every week uh, we get things in the mail like, hey, you can get this for nothing, or you can get that for nothing. And uh, I haven't really said anything back to them, but uh, is this Kenny Owen? Yes, it is. I just want to congratulate you on a trip that you have just won. And I'll listen a little bit. And this is all you have to do. And I was thinking, I thought this was a free deal. I'm all the time getting uh, letters from people who are gathering in Seneca and offering you a free meal and to help you get you a hearing aid. I always throw them in the trash. And so one day I got a phone call. And they said, is this Kenny Owen? I said, yes, it is. Well, I'm so-and-so, and I'm with the, the so-and-so here in age and blah, blah, and on and on and on she went. And she, she said, uh, do you understand? I said, ma'am, do you think I need one? Would you repeat all that again? No, ma'am, I don't think I need one. A good life also involves walking with Jesus. You know, I can't imagine uh, in the life that Christ lived on earth and having had the opportunity to walk where he walked. Now, you know, so many people have gone. I've never gone. I've never had the opportunity to go uh, to the Holy Land and to walk where Jesus walked and to go to the place where he was baptized and, and go to see the empty tomb tomb and go to uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. I've, I've had not had that opportunity. And it'd be great if I could, but I'm, that's not, not on the bucket list, okay? Unless the bucket gets filled up and say, hey, this is for the Holy Land trip, and then uh, we'll probably go. But, uh, you know, just walking with him here by faith. Hey, you know, Thomas doubted that he was alive. And when he did see Jesus, oh, my Lord and my God, he said, and Jesus said, blessed are you, Thomas, because you believe. You saw me, but more blessed are you who've never seen me, and yet you believe in me. Good living involves communion with God. That's prayer, y'all. Just simply praying. Now, I want you to believe in what we prayed a while ago. Okay? I don't want you to doubt. I want you to believe. Really, seriously, believe. God's still doing miracles. Sometimes we overlook that miracle. Communion with God. Prayer, not only prayer, we need to read his word. We need to see what he's saying. That's, that's, there's three ways God speaks to us. I want you to listen. Three simple ways. Through his word, through a person, or through a circumstance. Through a circumstance. 
And it may not be good circumstance. It involves serving God wherever. It involves missions wherever. We need to start at home and we stretch out. Thank God for a Southern Baptist church such as our church that reaches around the world with our giving so that missionaries can be paid to stay on the field and to share Christ. You are part of that mission when you give because we give to the cooperative program. All right? Now, what is a good life? Hopefully you understand and know by now. It's having Christ in your life, walking with Him, living for Him, serving wherever it's called. What about the joy of this good life? Well, the, one of the joys that I feel in knowing how sorry and low down I have been and, and the sins, that my sins are forgiven. My sins are paid for. My sins are under uh, the blood of Christ. And we know... And we know that we have eternal life if we've accepted him as our Savior. We know we have someone to help us because Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit has come. He is here. He is in you and myself who are saved. And as Danny prayed in his prayer, where two or three are gathered. He's promised to be right there in the midst to hear and answer our prayer. He said, if you don't believe in me, call on me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you hadn't even begun to think about and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you can't take it all in if you give what you're supposed to give back. Give what you're supposed to give back. Some people say, well, I, I, can't, I don't have it to give. Well, you got something. You can give something. He wants us to give ourselves first. And then the other things will come. The other things will um, fall in line. So, we know we have a helper. Thank goodness for the helper, the comforter, the guide, the guard. The joy of this good life, too, is we know that we are engaged in the greatest work ever. Not to be a preacher, not to be a deacon, not to be a Sunday school teacher, but according to uh, a uh, common, ordinary labor person. Because when we leave here in a little bit, every how many is in here, we're going to scatter and go in every manner of direction. You and I are missionaries. It's up to us to tell somebody about Jesus. It's up to us to tell somebody about our, our church. It's up to us to tell others what God is doing in our life, and it's up to us to encourage others to come and be a part of what God is doing. We don't need to have all of what's going on. We need to share that which is going on uh, in, in the life of our church. Um, also, we know that we have uh, the best set of rules, God's holy word. I mean, God didn't miss. When he wrote down what he wanted us to do and how he wanted us to do it, he didn't miss. And it's not, there's no confusion in it. There's no controversy uh, in the Word of God. Also, we know that uh, death should hold no fear for us. Uh, it's not the death that we should be afraid of, maybe. But if we're going to fear, fear what's going to cause the death, okay? But I don't fear that. Whatever it is, if it's stroke, if it's heart attack, if it's cancer, if it's whatever, it, it doesn't matter. I know something is going to come. If nothing else, natural death is going to come. 
may not come when we expect it, may not come when we want it, but hey, it's coming. It's appointed on the man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So we know that we have a home in heaven as a Christian. You know, he's gone to prepare us a place, he said. And above all, no matter what's going on in our life, God cares. Okay? Last of all, what about the end of this life? Paul, he said, I'm, I'm ready to be offered. He knew that he had run his race. He knew he had done all that he could humanly do. So he said, hey, I, I'm, I'm ready to be offered. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. He didn't know when he was going to die, but he said, it's at hand. Well, hey, you know how far away from death we are? One heartbeat. It's at hand, y'all. It's at hand. Okay, he said, I have fought a good fight. He didn't say, I hope I have fought a good fight. He said, I have fought a good fight, and I have finished my course. You know, every one of us have, has a race. We have a course. I can't run your race. You can't run mine. I can't run your course. You can't run mine. Every one of us are on a course. The question is, where is that course leading? Am I willing to go? Am I willing to follow uh, where that course is going to lead? So what do we have to offer? When we think about these things, these last-minute things. I'm sure you do like we do. We get ready to go, we get out the door, and we say, are you sure we got everything? Well, let me go back and check. Sometime we go back and check, we find the light's been left on, or we find something very important that we have left and we need. Sometime Lynn and I, we get down the road and have to turn around and go back because those last-minute things we don't want to leave behind. Well, when time comes to die, don't worry about the last-minute things because it's over and done. You ain't going to take nothing with you. We didn't bring anything in here, and we're not going to take anything out of here. But uh, the question is, what are we leaving behind? Uh, are we leaving a good example, or are we leaving a bad example? It's one way or the other. It can't be in the middle. Lynn and I heard this, uh, I guess it was over a year ago now, talking about leaving something behind. <clears throat> And that is planting shade trees. Okay? Um, Arbor Day. I get that mail. Some of you may get it. And I get the trees. And I put them out. I'll never be able to sit under those trees. Because they won't make it big enough to create a shade for me to sit under. I'll be gone. But one thing about it. Somebody will sit under those trees one day. They may never ever know who planted them. It doesn't matter who planted them. The matter is, are we planting shade trees for those that will come behind us? And that brings up another point. For those who come behind us, will they have found that we were faithful? Okay, those people who will come in and join our fellowship after all the work has been done. Okay, some of us may not live to see all the work done. Okay? But we need to do all we can while we can. Okay? Now, we think of, I think of the children's wing. You know, next couple of weeks, it should be finished, ready for open house. For the whole public place to file through here and look and see what God's blessed us with. Might encourage them to say, hey, I want my child to be a part of this. Will they who follow us find us faithful? Now, the last thing he said, I've kept the faith. 
And because I have, he said, There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord thy righteous judge shall give thee at the day. And not only to me only, he said, but to all those who love his appearing. Will we be disappointed? Hopefully not. <clears throat> we need to do and to give and to go all that we can. I'm sure we will not be disappointed in what we see and what we hear when we get to heaven. But what we've done for Jesus is the only thing that's going to matter. We don't want to be disappointed there. I think so many times in my high school days how I carelessly fooled away my time. And when time come to graduate, many of my classmates were getting all kind of awards. <laughs> I didn't get an award. <laughs> I got a diploma. Get out of here. <laughs> I got that. Coom hope to not see you anymore. <clears throat> Oh, I did make the honor roll my senior year. <laughs> I finally realized if you don't tighten up, you're going to be here forever. <laughs> I was 19. <laughs> the track record didn't look good. <laughs> I tried to fight a good fight, but it was the wrong fight. <laughs> I tried all the courses and found few that I liked. <laughs> but I finished the, finished the race. So what has God done for you? You need to think about what he's done for you, for me, and to be excited about what's coming if we're faithful. Let's think. If we're faithful. And will those who've come behind us find us having been faithful to the Lord and what he has blessed us with? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege uh, to be in your house tonight. Thank you for the privilege uh, to call you our Father. Thank you for those who've chosen to come this way tonight. Lord, this, these few that are here tonight, this bunch, this crowd, Lord, could have been anywhere tonight other than here. But they have chosen to come to your house. I pray that they're here for the right reason. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, not only tonight, but in the week to come, tomorrow, as we honor and remember, remember those who have given the sacrifice for us. Lord, may sometime tomorrow we pause and give thanks, most of all for Jesus, who did pay the ultimate sacrifice that our sins would be forgiven. Bless now this invitation, Lord. If anybody needs to come, God, give them the courage to come forward. And we'll thank you and praise you now, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.